In this month's episode, Carl Dunnington, Open Drama's champion for Dorset, is in conversation with Dan Rebellato from Royal Holloway University of London. Dan is a professor of contemporary theatre, where he specialises in contemporary British theatre. He's also a playwright for theatre and radio. He teaches naturalism and currently teaches a practical course on playwriting, as well as for the first time teaching a practical musicals course. During this month's conversation, Dan and Carl talk about how academics feel students who study A-level drama are being adequately prepared for higher education. Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Open Drama UK's Half Hour Call podcast. My name is Carl Dunnington. I'm the head of drama at Paul Grammar School and Dorset champion for Open Drama. And this month, I'm in conversation with Dan Rebellato at Royal Holloway University. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about um, your job? And um... Yeah, so, uh, yes, as you say, I'm Dan Rebellato. I'm Professor of Contemporary Theatre at, uh, at Royal Holloway, University of London. Uh, and I'm also a playwright um, for, for, for theatre and radio. And I guess what I do at... Royal Holloway, the things I particularly specialise in are contemporary British theatre, but also I teach courses on naturalism, I teach practical courses on playwriting, and I've recently started teaching courses on the musical, including this term, a practical course on the musical, which is slightly terrifying. Are there any particular musicals that you're focusing on with that? Uh, In that there's a sort of uh, more kind of uh, analytical course on the musical and that kind of that covers the whole a whole kind of history really but no in this practical musicals course they've got to create their own musical theatre so we're doing it by kind of component we looked at scenes last week we're doing songwriting this week I think it's dance and staging next week and you know then then a musical arrangement after that so yeah it's um very exciting. Do they have a theme or have they got open? No, they are going to devise their own stories and themes and write their own songs and make their own music. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, that <laughs> sounds very exciting. So at the end of it, they'll come up with something um, that you'll that they'll show to you guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Right. Fantastic. Uh, it reminds me, um, I'm an A-level examiner and a few years ago I went to a school they were doing a devised piece and they don't normally do musical theatre for this, but a, a school that's local to me um, decided, I think it was 2017 that they did this, uh, they decided to do a piece called Donald Trump the Musical. <laughs> and uh, they they didn't write original songs for it. They used to, they used traditional songs from famous musicals and then worked them into a, into a narrative. And... Uh, they had a young man who was dressed as Donald Trump. They had somebody playing Hillary. They had somebody playing Ivanka and some other characters. It was brilliant. It was about half an hour long and it was an absolute joy. It was hilarious. And uh, I wish I wish I could have filmed it and, and shared it with other people. It was it was it was fantastic. So no, great to hear you're doing uh, musical theatre uh, stuff as well. So that a new string to your bow, would you say? Yeah. I've taught I've taught a sort of, you know, sort of analysing the musical uh, course on and off for quite a long time, actually, you know, for 20 years, I think. But um, this is the very first time I've I've actually grasped the nettle and and 
tried to teach a tried to teach a practical course on how to make musicals. And how are the students um, enjoying the course so far? Do you think? But well, I mean, my sense of it, you know, uh, if I'm honest, I think students have been wanting a course like this for years and years and years and years. Because, you know, uh, the musical is often a way in which people get into theatre, isn't it? Mm -hmm. um, certainly it was one of my experiences. My first experiences of theatre were being taken by my great grandmother to see, you know, I think we saw Oklahoma and we saw The King and I and a couple of those sorts of things. And, you know, it's an amazing way of, uh, of getting first introduced to theatre because you because the scale of it and the colours and the you know obviously the music and mm. and so on it's so sort of immersive uh, and uh, and and thrilling uh, you know even though I that's not by no means the centre of what I I, I like in theatre it was a it was a wonderful introduction to it yeah sounds fantastic so one of the first questions I was going to ask you was about your uh, journey in drama and uh, your own drama education um, and you know the first time you've mentioned about going with your grand to see uh, some classic musicals when you were a lad so can you t tell us a little bit about your, your journey in drama and drama education in theatre? Yes, um, I think it would I would say it's pr pretty pretty conventional for for uh, some of my kind of generation uh, there was a drama club at my primary school that was introduced by a new teacher um, which I really liked because I guess I'd always liked the get up and act something in in, in class so that was just a slightly more structured way of doing that and that we put on plays and did assemblies and things like that through the drama club which made me feel very much that that's what I kind of wanted to do so I went to my secondary school I was in lots and lots of plays I mean ridiculous numbers of plays I, I think I, I sort of totted up at some point and I'd been in by the time I left it's something like 30 plays oh which is sort of like, which, which meant I had a CV, like a sort of 1950s regional rep actor, you know, that I'd just kind of done a bit of everything. Um, uh, you have some fantastic drama teachers there. Yes, well, um, we didn't have drama or theatre studies as an official subject uh, at my school, but we, but the head of English was somebody who was um, really dedicated to drama, had... Um, championed the installation of a black box studio theatre in the 1970s um, and uh, what I later discovered when I started kind of reading you know and studying theatre myself he had clearly read uh, Peter Brooks The Empty Space and committed it to memory and it would just sort of so you know that was his sort of bible and he was a very very wonderful director and um, in fact, he died last year, uh, very sadly, but at a, at a kind of wonderful age. Uh, but he was um, he was kind of great because what he did is when he uh, when he directed the school play, which he did for two years, very happily when I was like kind of 15 and 16, he treated it as if it was the most serious thing you could be doing anywhere in the school. Uh, and you know I think probably at that point I'd thought of theatre as being 
that's a fun thing where I get to kind of show off and put on voices and that sort of thing. And he treated it as, you know, like you were sort of saving the world or curing cancer or something. Uh, so he was fantastically inspirational. And that was the first point, I guess, when I thought, wow, this is something important that's really, that has deep value. Uh, so I think uh, him, Mr. Peter Coulson, I'll give him his, his name. Peter Coulson was probably the great inspiration. And it was probably thanks to him uh, that eventually I decided, you know, I think the school wanted me to study English, but I kind of thought, no, I really, the bits I like about English is when we do plays. So I, uh, I went to Bristol University and did drama, straight drama. And then I did uh, my a PhD in theatre at Royal Holloway. So that's my drama education. That's fantastic. So I'm guessing at uh, the time that you're at school, there wasn't, you didn't do any kind of qualification in drama or theatre or anything like that? No, absolutely not. No, there was no, I think you can do it now at, my, at that school, but certainly this is, so I, I, I won't be shy about my age. So I'm 53, which means that I did my kind of O-levels oh, oh that's how old I am, and A-levels in 84 and 86. And at that point, you, you didn't do theatre studies, couldn't do theatre studies in my school. So uh, fortunately, Mr. Coulson taught us A-level English, and he um, insisted we did lots of plays in that as well. So that was, uh, he was always trying to smuggle theatre into, into English. Oh, it sounds it sound like he was a fantastic man. So off to Bristol to do your degree and then to Holloway for your PhD and then have you been at Holloway ever since have you since you I have my goodness I realized I've this is my let's be my 32nd year at Royal Holloway so yeah I, I really have ridiculously I've been here for a tremendously long time um started teaching as a you know sort of hourly paid teacher when I was doing my PhD and you know eventually became sort of professor and head of department so yeah I've done a, a long time of service at Royal Holloway. Over the years you would have uh, then come across a number of undergraduates uh, in your time how would you say that drama undergraduates have changed over the years um, and would you say that drama education schools has may hasn't had an influence on that any thoughts on that that's that's really really interesting i think um how have they changed uh, one of the things that has definitely happened in that time is that in a sense doing drama at university has become a much more normal thing Certainly when I started, a bit like me, a lot of the students had had a bit of a fight with their school to be allowed to study drama because it was sort of, you know, I think at that point, you know, in 1990, their careers teacher would be saying, oh, surely you should do something more respectable. Um, but drama really exploded in the schools in the, in the 1990s. Uh, I think... I remember somebody having figured out that at the beginning of the 1990s, it was something like 10, 20% of our students came in with a theatre studies A-level. And by the end of the 90s, it was something like 98% of them came in with theatre studies. So, so that changed. Um, uh, and, and in that sense, our students came in with 
um, a lot more drama specific knowledge actually that was really interesting um I think when I started there was a real sense that we were trying to we were trying to get people who'd been schooled in English to think more about performance and the moment and liveness and all those sorts of things by the end of the decade weren't having to do that at all um so uh, that's probably the biggest shift that I would immediately think of did that mean you were able to alter the the course alter things in the first year and things like that yes absolutely yeah I do remember there was a there was a big point when we realized that we were we were kind of pushing at an open door you know the that we were trying to tell people they had to think about you know devising rather than playwriting and and liveness rather than literature and realize they all thought like that anyway so that was great that meant we could immediately set the bar much higher and kind of say right you've done amazing things with your a level we want you to now build on that and do something even richer and more complex and more challenging or or whatever it might be um so yeah that's in fact I, i remember a great big curriculum revision we had to do precisely because the students were actually coming in with much more than we were giving them credit for Great, because one of the things that um, that brought us together on Twitter was uh, me asking the question, do academics feel that uh, young people uh, that have done the uh, drama A-level are adequately prepared for doing a drama degree? And there was a huge wave of different opinions on this, with some people saying, they don't need to be prepared to do a drama degree. Some people saying um, what they're learning on the A-level isn't really relevant. Some people saying now the A-level is great. It's great. They're coming in with lots more knowledge than before. Um, so there, there was lots of different opinions on that. So and I know um, we spoke a bit on Twitter about this, but what, what's your feeling at the moment in terms of the students? Because um, we had a curriculum change um, for A-level in 2016. And since then, the A-level has been even more rigorous in terms of written work mm. and perhaps not as um, much practical work needed as, as sort of between 2010 and 2016. So there's a slight change there. So I just wonder your, your thoughts mm. on the, the graduates coming in now. You know, of course, in some ways, that's, that's difficult to answer. And it's difficult to answer because the last two years have been so weird that actually it's been really hard to actually see what the trends are because everything's been so disrupted what I will say is that um you know I know that some people did respond that's right and quite a you know quite sort of uh, there was great variation in responses I the main thing I think uh is that what either the drama the this studies a level or probably more likely all the amazing drama teachers are doing is uh, they are they're they're giving us these extraordinarily confident creative students who are remarkable at working in groups who can be set challenges and they don't look like startled you know kind of deer in headlights they just kind of go right you know like like as i say with these 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 music this musicals course i'm teaching the way we are doing this is with songwriting uh they get we do a 
a lecture. We give them lots of examples. We give them some techniques and thoughts. And then we go, right, get into pairs, write songs. And they don't, nobody kind of goes, oh, I don't know where to start. They just go, right, we better go and write song then. And that's a really great example of this is what drama students are like. And I think that's, that is a very distinctive thing about students that have come out of theatre studies A-level because, um, you know, uh, I sometimes teach uh, uh, courses that have students from other programmes uh, on them. So, you know, there might be a student in English who elects to do, you know, one of, one of the courses in drama. And it is very striking that those the brilliant students in all sorts of ways, but often they look completely panicked if you ask them to even stand up and read a, you know, apart a from a play. Uh, whereas theatre studies, A-level graduates, as it were, uh, that we get, uh, just have that immediate, extraordinary, wonderful confidence. And, you know, it's, it's why I've been at Royal Holloway for 32 years, because actually the energy and joy and fun of drama students is a completely intoxicating uh, thing. And that's, for me, that is the, the gr one of the great skills that they seem to come out of A-level with. Oh, good. I'm, I'm, I'm glad about that. And I think that is, um, that's a testament to them and it's a testament to their teachers. And um, there are some really good things about the A-level course. Um, and I'm not uh, going to sort of go into all the things that we think are wrong with the A-level course right now. But um, in general, you feel that you know, they are being well prepared um, and, you know, our drama teachers are doing a, a great job, which is fantastic. Um, one of the issues that I feel I have as a, as a drama teacher is that I feel there is currently a bit of a disconnect between school drama teachers, A-level drama teachers, GCSE drama teachers and academics at university that, that, that do drama, performing arts and that. And, and because of our jobs as teachers, we we have not a lot of time to actually know what's going on in universities anymore you know i mm. left university 15 years ago um and have been teaching ever since and what i did on my degree was one experience and i can only really talk about it. i can't tell a student what it's like to do a course at royal holloway or a course at rose bruford or mm. or wherever because and and it's also it's changed so one of the things that i would like to do as part of open drama is is find a way that we can connect back with university drama departments and and sh and and sort of share ideas and share resources, not because we think that our students aren't talented and aren't going to go on and do well, but actually to help us to make our make our teaching more engaging and, and more interesting, perhaps, um, and give those, especially those most talented year thirteens that we've got. They almost give them a bit of a taste of of what they what they're going to get at university if they if they go on and do a drama degree. So, like, if you were with your year elevens and you're trying to sell A level to them, you do a taster lesson, mm, yeah, A level drama. You know, I've done that in my school. Or you know, year nine, you you would tell them about the GCSE course and you'd be um, do a you know we're going to do some GCSE work today, guys. You know that kind mm. of feel to men think oh yeah I, I want to do Jesus I want to do a level stuff like that so what, what do you think about that in terms of yes the relationship between I don't I, I see it as like 
I don't feel like there's much of a bridge at the moment between schools and universities in terms of drama. And maybe there is in other subjects, but in terms of drama, I don't feel there is. Uh, well, I, I completely agree with absolutely everything you've just said. Um, I feel really passionately that, uh, that, that there isn't enough connection between us. <clears throat> and it's worth saying that, of course, I, I completely understand that from the teacher's perspective, you know, you are all working absurdly hard and there is very little time in your week to sort of idly you know pick up new books and you know sort of see what the latest academic publications have been that's just not practically possible from our side there's a thing which is again i think terribly short-sighted but the uh one of the key ways in which our our income can fluctuate as a university is through the assessment of our research and the research that we publish or produce in the world in whatever way is assessed every seven years and however good the central panel thinks it is money follows from it and the thing that's really annoying about that is that the one thing they exclude as in their definition of research is what they call pedagogy so things that are designed for use in schools so what that means is it's quite hard to justify spending time doing, for example, what I would love to work with an A-level teacher to do is maybe some new schemes of work on maybe a really new uh, practitioner that, you know, that, that I'm sure the students would find really interesting. Um, but from your point of view, from your side and from our side, it's really hard to make that connection. Now, I think actually that we're in a, a slightly different situation where actually recruitment is more and more pressing uh, uh, because obviously there have been, there are pressures on our discipline. Uh, we have a frankly quite hostile government towards our subjects, which means that, you know, there are, there are more that our student numbers are being squeezed. I mean, they're being squeezed everywhere in, <clears throat> in drama. So I think perversely, there is going to be a new driver to make these kind of connections happen. We did do taster events uh, a few years ago, uh, but I think we're thinking that we might start looking at sort of short, sharp summer schools and things like that, that might just be a way of getting people to us, giving people a really, we hope, very exciting experience of what it could be doing drama at Royal Holloway, um, you know, having a proper bit of educational value in there as well. But also that'd be a chance if we can get teachers coming along as well, it'll give us a chance to find out what's actually happening on the ground. Because as I say, you know, when I was saying before that, that there was that moment in something like 2001 where we realised we had a very outdated conception of what's going on in A-level drama. Um, it's probably like that now, you know, but we just have so such scant opportunities to mm -hmm. to really investigate. And we're all in the same yeah. boat, you know, so it really we we have to create these things, which is why I think open drama is a is a is a great opportunity to have that conversation. Yes, of course. And an open drama is, is open for it, all drama educators. I had a, a long mm -hmm. conversation with um, a, a colleague that's working at a, another university in London uh, in the drama field and she's going to be a champion for us in in East London 
and Great. we we don't want to just be seen as secondary school drama teacher uh, organization i was talking to someone i think is based at manchester university and they were saying um why why are a level students having to do so much writing they they do more writing on this a level than they do in in a whole year here at manchester you know so that's that thing of saying yes it's an academic subject but academic doesn't is not just about writing things down it's it's about a discourse it's about um it's about showing something for in a practical way and i think there is still this very kind of fixed view that the only way you can assess something or evaluate something is to is to write it down i would just love to be able to build more connections between yourselves royal holloway and, and other institutions where as drama teachers we can sort of get a sense of what you guys are doing and sort of bring some of that back because also we are we would be great kind of advocates for you if we when we did a great course at Holloway or we did a great course somewhere else we'd be coming back to our students and saying Holloway's great you want to go there and and they do really take a lot of notice of uh, sort of the advice that we give mm. uh, but when a student comes to me and says oh um, I'm thinking of doing this course in this place so much of the time I'm like I'm sorry I don't I don't know very much about that. I mean, I know as much as you from what I can read into perspectives. I, I mean, I can tell you the reason I think I went to Bristol to do drama was that it was the only university that Mr. Coulson had heard of that did drama. <laughs> so, yeah, we are completely um, influenced by the advice of our, our teachers. I, I, and I think that's really important what you say. Uh, about written work written work of course is is a really really important skill and it's one that uh you know obviously students have to be able to excel at that yeah absolutely um when i was at university um i i, I think probably our lecturers didn't really want to mark any more written evaluations so they used to um do what they called viva viva voce so it mm -hmm. post-performance discussion so they'd watch us perform something and then they'd talk to us about it afterwards and they'd ask us well why did you do that what what how did you think it went what was you think was it? and we would have the, a discourse and then they would and that would be part of the assessment and they would be interested to know you know our responses to that is that something you do at Holloway, absolutely, uh, yeah, ab absolutely, it is the, um, the 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 way our degree. I won't go into too much detail about it, but the way our degree works is is basically the first year is quite prescriptive uh, because obviously they they just turn up with they haven't got time really to make choices. Second year is much more them making all their choices between options. In their third year, they can pretty much do what they want to pursue and the, the the sort of centerpiece of the third year is is the final year project which uh could be a dissertation it could be a creative dissertation which might mean something like a costume design or writing a play or creating an installation or running a, or creating a walk the students have done that sort of thing or else they have group performance and that's where they get into groups of you know seven or eight and they devise a show and the devised if they devise a show what happens is at the end of that show they strike their set of course and then they they all pile into the room next door and we have the viva and that's a brilliant moment where we get to kind of 
say so that moment why were you think why did you choose to do it in that way what's the the principle behind this and so on and and it's always such an extraordinary thing that the you see the depth of thinking that the students have got and the depth of their creativity and the breadth of their sources of inspiration and they're able to articulate you know at their best they're able to completely articulate in a way that enriches our perception of the quality of what they've done so yeah of course but you know we do i mean we do vivas we do performances we do all the things i mentioned scripts designs directing and so on they write essays but they also write critical reflections on their own work they do portfolios of things they they there are assessments where they take photographs you know so there's a there's a we cast the net very very wide mm -hmm. to try and pick out the a, a real range of the students behavior the students that are graduating from us have excelled in such a range of different things mm -hmm. you know the person who can turn up to an employer not that employability is the only point of a drama degree but you know the, the the person who can turn up to an employer and confidently say and truthfully say um oh yeah i've got lots of experience of working in a group i also take on individual responsibility i have had to do time management like you would not believe i can express myself in video in photography on paper in audio in design etc 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 you know i am articulate i'm quick on my feet i'm creative i mean this is a gift to any employer i mean any employer would think that is a really interesting person and i want them to work for me yeah. so i think we're we're doing something not just valuable for that student, but valuable for their future prospects. Do you have any recommendations of practitioners or um, plays or even both that um, us A-level drama student teachers should um, have a look at? Uh, well, I, I mean, of course, I don't want to assume that you don't know any of these people. But I mean, you know, I think one of the most interesting practitioners of this century in Britain is Tim Crouch. And Tim Crouch uh, is, is basically, a, uh, if, if, if people don't know him, he's a theatre maker, he's a writer, he's a performer. Uh, and all of his shows from My Arm in, I think, 2003, right up to uh, a play that came on just before lockdown. And I can't remember its name. It's called something like The Imminent Terrestrial you'll have to you'll have to look that up it's got a deliberately <laughs> impossible to remember name um but every single show is fantastically theatrical but is also a really witty and sophisticated and intelligent investigation of what theatricality is how theatricality works which will be enormously inspiring for everyone if you want to play uh rockets and blue lights by Winston Pinnock. It was one of the first casualties of COVID because I think its first night, was it, did its first night happen? And then the second night was all the theatres were closed or it may not even have made its first night, but the National Theatre picked it up and it was done last year. But Rockets and Blue Lights uh, is uh, uh, an extraordinary play set both in the present and in the early 19th century and it's 
and it couldn't be more topical. It's it's investigating what is the legacy of uh, Britain's involvement in slavery on contemporary identity. And it's also Winston Pinnock is a is a is a wonderful playwright. She's been writing since the 1980s, but I think she's just written her absolute masterpiece, and it's one of one of the greatest plays I've read. So there you go. So there's a recommendation for all drama teachers to have a look at the work of Tim Crouch and yeah. Rockets and Blue Lights. And funny enough, you should mention it because I was on the Drama Online um, collection today, which a lot of us drama teachers have a free access to at the moment, which is fantastic. And they're opening up a, a new collection and Rockets and Blue Lights, a, a screening of it, is coming, going to be made available for, for watching schools. I think it becomes available in February. Um, but I can see it on there, but it hasn't yet. You can't click on it yet. Right. So I'm hoping that we can click on it soon. And so that's something that we can we can show our students um, in school as well, which, we, which we've been doing a lot during lockdown. We watched a lot of the, the shows on there, which has been an incredible resource. Um, Dan, I just wanted to say thank you ever so much for your time uh, this evening. It's been it's been great to talk to you. It's been great to uh, uh, discuss some of the issues that we have. Um, as drama teachers and, and to understand that we are doing a fantastic job in preparing our students for university life and um uh we we, we thank you for taking them on and uh and uh, moving them forward with their with their drama journeys and um i'm sure we will speak again about ways in which we can continue to try and build that bridge between schools and universities when it comes to drama so thank you so much for your time well and thank you for for opening up this conversation and 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 for sending us your students thank you for listening make sure you subscribe so you don't forget to join us next month for more content conversations and cpd in the meantime have a look at our website follow like and tag us on all social media platforms until next month 